But it's his responsibility to call me, my responsibility to respond to that. And from that point on, it's his responsibility. He calls us, he saves us, but he then keeps us saved. And I might live one day that's a powerfully good day and I might live the next day and I get in fight with my wife. I run out, jump in the car, I speed, go around the corner and hit a trash can. I mean, I don't know. But I think there's some of those things that just kind of gnaw at people in the back of their mind. Hey, welcome to Whitefields Community Church Sermon Extra. Great to have you with us once again this week. And we really have a special guest with us this week, Dr. Roy Collins, who is, uh, te- he teaches our eight o'clock Sunday school here at Whitefields Community Church on Sunday mornings. And um, it's just a joy that he was able to take the pulpit this week as Pastor Nick and I were away. And uh, we're just looking forward to to sharing this time and maybe getting to know, know you a little bit. So welcome to, to the Sermon Extra, Roy. Thank Great. you, Mike. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Thank yeah. You. So um, if you missed that sermon, you definitely want to listen to it. It's whitefieldschurch.com. You can get over there and uh, download it. Also, any of your favorite uh, streaming platforms, whether that's uh, Spotify or Apple or Google or whatever it might be, um, we are up on YouTube and uh, uh, Facebook as well. And uh, be sure to download it, share it, like and subscribe. Give us a thumbs up if you would. And if it's uh, on Apple, Apple, give us a review. That certainly helps. And uh, just helps with the algorithms and things. You know, when people are asking Christ-centered, gospel-centered uh, questions, you know, when they're just Googling these things, then we can provide them with those Christ-centered, gospel-centered answers. And so if you would do that, that would just certainly help us out. So back to our, our, our sermon. And um, we were in the book of Jude this week. And uh, first of all, let's just learn a little bit about you. How did you come uh, to be here with us in Longmont, Colorado? <laughs> well, it's a long, long story. Let me give you the cliff notes on yeah. that. I, I basically had four separate um, work schedules. I went to the Air Force right out of high school, was a weather forecaster for eight years in the Air Force. It's at that point that I came to know Christ as my mm-hmm. Savior, resigned that actually two or three months early so I could go back to college. During my college time and then when in seminary time, I was pastoring small churches, pastored then for the next 25 years, resigned from that and went to work for an international church consulting firm and worked with them for about 26 years, retired from that and then was recruited to teach for Colorado Christian University, and I spoke for them, taught for them for 11 years. Then after I retired for that, we were still here in Longmont. Then I began to substitute and preach around and teach around, and that eventually brought us to Whitefields, one of the best decisions that we ever Mm -hmm. made. We have loved being here at Whitefields, and so... every Sunday at 8 o'clock, we meet with the adult Sunday school team and we have a large class and right now we're working verse by verse through Mark's gospel and we've come just about to the center of that after almost two years and so it's been a long drawn out process probably there another 18 months I guess so that's what brought us to Whitefields and we have a lot of great friends here great decision to come good bible-based teaching from 
Pastor Nick, and we're thrilled to be here. Well, we're we're very blessed that you've made this church your home, and, and, and the church is very blessed on Sunday as you taught from the book of Jude. And as we were just discussing earlier, this is a this is like a cliff notes of the entire Bible, and uh, we could spend next three hours discussing just some of the backstory to all of Jude's letter, but we just wanted to look at the doxology, which is kind of what you focused on on Sunday, and just a beautiful, beautiful scripture to read, and and uh, something that, you know, it's just, if you're not sure what to praise the Lord with, this is just a great place to start. And, uh, but the question I wanted to have, you, you, uh, you entitled your message, Jubilant Judgment, um, which, which is kind of, it seems like a, a you know, a, a, oxymoron. A oxymoron or, you know, <laughs> so, but here, yeah, it was like an oxymoron, jubilant uh, uh, judgment. And this word judgment, I think it's something that, even though you read this, you kind of feel like like Christians still fear judgment. They still fear what it's going to be to stand before the throne of God, stand before the Lord, even though we are saved by grace. And so we just want to discuss, like, what, 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 why do you think Christians sometimes feel that way? Mike, I think there are two or three things. Um, first of all, I, I think there are some people who have come to Christ— who are still unsure if by faith they are saved completely. And so I think there's doubts in their mind. I, I know I've accepted Christ as my Savior, but does that really mean it's going to last? So I, I think, did I really do the right thing? Have I said the right words? Have I lived the right kind of life? So I think that's number one. Secondly, I think there are people who've genuinely come to Christ, put their faith in Christ, genuinely have accepted Him, but have a great fear in their lives because since that time I have sinned deeply or I've sinned daily because we're all there. You know, it's not that we come to Christ and suddenly the Lord snaps his finger and we never sin again. And so I think there's this, this fear in the back of many people's minds. Either I have been saved, am I sure about that? Or I, yes, I'm sure about it. Have I kept myself clean enough in order to be saved rather than to simply say it is by faith that I've been saved and it is by faith that I'm kept saved? My responsibility, and, and, and Jude talks about this in the first verse, my responsibility is to heed God's call. When Christ calls me, I respond to that. But it's his responsibility to call me, my responsibility to respond to that. And from that point on, it's his responsibility. He calls us, he saves us, but he then keeps us saved. And I might live one day that's a powerfully good day, and I might live the next day, and I get in fight with my wife. I run out, jump in the car, I speed, go around the corner, and hit a trash can. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But I think there's some of those things that just kind of gnaw at people in the back of their minds. Yeah, and maybe that's just uh, something that we, we, we continue. It keeps us coming back to the Lord right. in relationship, but uh, we don't need to necessarily uh, feel like with this kind of a momentary-to-momentary -momentary salvation thing. We, you know, Jesus says, it is finished. And then when we give our lives to the Lord, yes, as you said, we're kept. And he is the one who keeps you from stumbling or keeps you from falling and presents you 
blameless before the presence of his glory with joy. And that was just, I think, I think we just have to learn to take comfort in that and take comfort in the grace of God. And We need to trust him. And that's the reason I, that I, I purposely, obviously, title that message, Jubilant mm-hmm. Judgment. You know, you ask who's doing the judging. You know, John chapter 5 tells us clearly that Jesus, that the Father, God the Father in heaven, judges no one. He's given all that into the hands of Christ. And so the illustration that I used Sunday morning was that Jesus walks us down the aisle. He is there with us. Then he becomes the judge of us. And if I'm standing before him absolutely clean with the righteousness of God himself, mm-hmm. judgment is past tense. It's all been done. He took the judgment on the cross. Mm-hmm. We're there as Christians jubilantly to receive the war rewards that are due us for what we've done in this life. Mm-hmm. That's why it becomes joyful. I started to title it Joyful <laughs> Judgment, and I thought that's not quite strong enough. Yeah. Let's call it Jubilant <laughs> Judgment. Yeah, because it is, it is a wedding feast, right? It We're is. being taken to a wedding feast. The, the Christ, our groom, is, you know, is being united with his bride, the church. And this is not a, you know, it's not necessarily a time for judgment. It's, it's a time for us to embrace Christ, you know, in, in eternity and where we're going to spend, you know, the rest of our lives with him. And, but I think that's good that we, it's, it's important for us to understand and to live in the grace of God daily. Absolutely. And to, you know, that's why, you know, many people have referred to it as the scandalous grace of God, because it's Paul even preached it as a, it's a scandal, you know, that and, and for many Christians, it did lead to licentiousness. But, uh, you know, when we misunderstand it, misunderstand from where we came from. And um, but yeah, I think that was a great, great point that you made. It's jubilant judgment and we can revel in the jubilance of it, you know. But then that, that brings us to the second half of the question, because, you know, there is judgment and there will be people that are judged. And, and you know, we're talking about people that are non-believers uh, who don't believe in Christ, but yet they... They say, well, when I get to heaven, you know, I'm going to be judged on whether I was, uh, you know, how good I was. And I think I'm a good person. And, and you know, most polls that are taken in the United States today, people say, I, I'm a good person. You know, I was having a conversation with my neighbor about that. And she said, you know, I'm a good person. Isn't that all? Isn't that really what it's all about? And, and so there is going to be a judgment. And a lot of Jude is talking about people who will be judged. And so what, what about those people that when they do get to heaven, um, on what basis are they going to be judged? Well, there's a vast difference between being good and being perfect. God requires of us perfection because there will be no sin that walks into heaven. I had a guy get in my face a couple, three years ago because he believed that once you came to Christ, at that point, you never sinned again. Complete sanctification. And, and I looked at him and, and I really wanted to challenge him, which I didn't. I just said, well, you and I are going to have to agree to disagree about this. But when you talk to that person who says, I am a good person, I would probably say to that person, I agree. You, you may be a much, much better person than I am. The difference is my righteousness, my cleanliness, my goodness before God has, has taken on the form of the Lord Jesus himself rather than me. So the question is, do I want to stand before God trying to convince him of how good I have been or do I want to stand behind Christ and let him convince himself about how good I've been? 
because it's every idle word that's come out of our mouths is going to be judged. Every thought that we've thought without even acting on it is going to be judged. Everything that I've done in secret, out of secret, whatever it might be, it's not a matter of being good. It's a matter of being sinlessly perfect. Because when Christ died on the cross for us, he took upon himself. He said, I remember a book that was written called The Exchanged Life. He exchanged my life for his, his life for mine. So he took on all of the things I've done so that I might receive all the things that he's done. And without that, a person, harshly, without that, a person is doomed. It's not jubilant judgment. It's tragic judgment at that point. Yeah, no, there's one of my favorite songs is called The Beautiful Exchange. Just that idea, the idea of salvation. We, you know, our beauty for ashes, you know, our our rags, you know, for his righteousness and being found in Christ is the key. And then, you know, as, as, you know, as we just bring this to a close here, we just want to, I wanted to look at verses 22 and 23 and just as a preview for in coming up, I think February 6th, a couple Sundays from now, we're going to be looking at 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 15. And, uh, it, and and Paul says there in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he says, I am what I am by the grace of God. And when we, when we look at, you know, as you talked about who is doing the judging, and we look at verses 22 and 23, and have mercy on those who doubt and save others by snatching them out of the fire to those to, to others show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by the flesh. You know, I just want to talk briefly at just how we are to view the world. You know, as we looked at our vision series, you know, as we've ended into 2022, and you just wanted to kind of be, the idea is to be more out, outward focused on our town and our city and our, and our neighborhoods and communities and those spheres that God's called us to. These verses kind of just resonated with me within that whole idea of vision as how we are to, to reach. And so we just want to discuss, you know, just in light of all we've talked about, you know, what is our posture towards the, the, the ungodly, the unbeliever, our neighbor? Well, real briefly, and uh, we talked before, Mike, we could spend the next six weeks just walking through this, but just real quickly. Verse 22 says, and have mercy on those who doubt. Verse 23, save others by snatching them out of the fire and to the others show mercy with fear, hating the garments that are stained with flesh. And I think what he's saying there to us is, once we come to Christ and we have jubilant judgment within our future, within our presence, that we don't then become judge. I'm suddenly not judging you because I know I am safe with Christ and have mercy on those who doubt. Don't judge those who doubt because every one of us have been in that same place before. And there's almost a series of steps that he walks through in 22 and 23 saying, all right, this is how you respond to the world. Respond to the world as I responded to you. Jesus didn't come in and say, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to nail your feet to the floor because of what you've done. He came in with great mercy. So we're to understand them. When the person who says to you, well, I'm a good person. I've lived a good life. Show mercy to that person, not to condemn them, but through by grace, live before them, accept them for what they are. Show mercy to them. Understand them, I think. So I think that's the relationship we should have with them. 
Yeah, no, that's great. Having yeah, having a posture of mercy because we were shown mercy. Having a posture of grace because we were shown grace. You know, and having a posture of love because we've been shown infinite love. You know, by Absolutely. the Father. And so, well, thanks, Roy, so much for joining us this week. And it was My just pleasure. a pleasure to have you serve the church in that way, uh, from the pulpit and, and sharing the Word of God with us. And and yeah, it was just an amazing time and uh look forward to if you missed that sermon you definitely want to download you definitely want to share it whitefieldschurch.com get over there download it and uh, if you have any questions or anything like that you would like to share with us any comments you know please just leave it leave it in the in the comment section and you know we just love to to deal with your questions it's kind of what this is all about as well and just kind of follow up to the sermons if there are things that you know maybe there's a praise report or some way god chose to speak to you but but i think the most important question is that if you find yourself in christ at the day of judgment it's time to rejoice in the Lord and the wedding feast of, of uh, wedding supper of the Lamb, and uh, we look forward to seeing you there. And but we also look forward to seeing you next week. So God bless. You.